Hey, what is up, everybody? Okay, um, let's get this started off right, and I want to continue really quick in just an attitude of prayer and thanksgiving. So uh, if you would, bow your heads with me, please. Um, Father God, we are just, uh, we are so thankful for everything around us. Uh, we're thankful for the opportunity to gather in uh, this beautiful place. We're thankful to gather uh, in a land where we our freedoms have been protected, and we thank you for everything, every veteran um, that gave of their time, that gave their sweat um, to protect those freedoms. We thank you for the freedom to gather here and worship freely. Um, and we thank you for just the blessings that you heap upon us every day, even if we're not paying attention to them. We just, we start this week, we start this month with thankfulness. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, amen. Okay, um, so if you're anything like me right now, everything's starting to, to amp up and get super busy. So that's always a time where I get stuck up here. Um, and there's so much stuff going on that I kind of lose track of the one thing that's supposed to matter the most. Um, and I don't know if you're where I'm at, but this morning we're going to do just a little bit of self-examination. And when I say we, I'm, I'm talking about me too, okay? Um, and I'll be completely honest with you, this sermon started out, uh, I was going to do like this really in-depth study of the word slothfulness and what it means to be a lukewarm Christian. Uh, but then I came across this article by a guy named Brett McCracken, and it said, eight signs that you're too comfortable. And I, it really kind of hit me, and, and I started researching, and, and I looked over everyone else's spin on this article, and, and that's kind of where we're at today is you're, you're going to get my spin on it. Um, so this morning is going to be like a note-taker's dream, okay? There's not, um, it's not going to be, it's not eight, I think I ended up with nine, uh, but I've even got a numbered list and everything, so you're going to be, this is going to be your day, note-takers. Um, so the big idea this morning is comfort over conviction. Do you place your comfort over your conviction? Um, are we more focused on creating a life of comfort or a life that reveals the conviction of our beliefs? Are we more driven by making our lives easier or by glorifying the one true God? And, and I ask you as we do this this morning, as we do this together this morning, that you're just open and you let the scriptures talk to you the way, the way that I tried to. Because, um, <laughs> and then you'll hear it later, but there's moments in here where I was, when I did this and I was like, ouch. Yeah, okay, God, I get it. I'm messing that up, and I, I need to get that lined out, okay? Um, so just let the scriptures work on you this morning. And I, I don't want this to be just something you listen to and then you go home. Um, this is something that I've been kind of packing around all week and, and been thinking about and been reflecting on. So this morning, I want us to be introspective, okay? I, I want us to just stop a second and take a look at what's going on, take kind of like an inventory of ourselves. Um, and we got to do this right, so we need to define terms right off the bat. Um, number one, okay, uh, comfort is defined as psychological or physical ease. Or if you want to put it another way, a, a, like a lack of hardship or struggle. Okay, so that's what I'm talking about when I say comfort. Uh, and we're going to be in the book of Matthew starting at chapter 25, and, and I'm going to pick up reading on at 21 uh, if you want to go ahead and get there. And so this morning when we look at like every facet of our lives, when we look at each aspect, what I want us to do is see if we're placing ease in that top spot or if we're placing God's glory in that top spot. 
So if you've been in church any time at all, you're familiar with this parable. It's the parable of the talents. Uh, And Jesus is using a story of a master who is leaving on a journey, and he entrusts some of his money to his servants. So he gives five to one, two to another, and one to the third. Now, the first servant takes that five talents, those five talents, and talents were... um, Uh, gold or silver discs, okay, that was their form of currency. He takes those five talents and at once he goes and trades and gets five more talents. Now, let's focus on that for just a second. Everybody say at once. That's a mindset, okay? When that first servant got those five talents, he did not hesitate. He did not wait, okay? It's a mindset. I'm going to take my gifts and I'm going to grow them immediately. Go. Okay? Uh, if, you, if you're all in on your beliefs, then that mindset is already there. And, and really, when that choice comes up, you already know where you're going. Yep, God, I'll do it, whatever. Okay? You're going to grow the gifts that you were given. The second servant did the same. Okay? He took his two talents and grew them. Now, the third servant is the one we're going to contrast to the first. Okay? So let's pick it up um, in that 21st verse. And the third servant is the one that buries his for safekeeping. And, and I specifically want to look at one word in this passage. So again, let's pick it up at 21. And I'm reading out of the ESV. The master has returned and speaks first to the one who, who had five talents and grew it with five more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forth saying, master, you delivered me two talents here. I have made two talents more. And his master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have sown, and gather where I scattered no seed then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. Um, Thank God for scripture that, that gives us peace. Okay, so hold on. Wicked? Wicked? I mean, seriously, wicked? You know, the, the prodigal son that ran around with his, his dad's inheritance, he did some wicked stuff, okay? But this guy, Wicked? All he did was bury it because he was scared. He didn't want to take a risk. He thought he, thought he was doing what was right. Okay? He took the safest, most comfortable option. I mean, nothing can go wrong if you don't do anything, right? So he buried his talent. Now, I want you to think about this. He literally buried his talent. A talent, like I said, was the form of currency. He buried what he had. Now, he took what was trusted to him and he hid it out of fear. He took the gifts that were given to him and he hid them out of fear. Okay? 
God has given you gifts. Look at someone close to you and say, you're amazing. Now, every time you pass up a chance to share Christ with someone else, you are burying your talent. Every time that you do not take the initiative to do something for Christ, you're burying your talent. Every time that you step back, instead of come forward for Jesus Christ, you are burying your talent. Don't bury your talent. Amen? It's my bear. Give me an amen. I mean, I wore a red shirt today for this. Let's go. I got my red shirt on today. Let's do this. Okay? Now, so what would be some of the signs that we've grown too comfortable? Or what would be some of the signs that we buried our talents? And I want to take you through these as I went through them. Okay? I did, I did this same thing. Okay? And as we examine ourselves, so we got to start with the one that everything else hinges on. Okay? Now, the first one is you never feel challenge, challenged or convicted. What that means is you never put yourself into a position where your beliefs, your thoughts, your understanding of Scripture is challenged or you don't feel convicted by something that you've heard. Um, so imagine the, the servant in the parable, uh, the one that buried his talent. So think about this. What if, what if, we, you know, what if that was the knowledge of God? You get the knowledge of God and you take it and for safekeeping you bury it. Okay, did that, checked it off the list. I understand God, I know that Jesus Christ is the only mediator that can bring me into the presence of God, got it. But he, but he doesn't pursue God's revelation. He doesn't dig deeper. He, he can't because then that would force him to expose his thinking and, and my goodness, if you expose what you think then heaven forbid you could be wrong. And well, you know, that'd be so embarrassing. You don't allow yourself to be challenged or convicted about anything. Uh, and I've shared with you before a, a, a great line of a good friend of mine always said that every time you leave a sermon, a Bible study, a youth group meeting, whatever, you should either leave affirmed or convicted. You're either walking out of there feeling like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm doing the right thing. I just need to keep walking. Or, man, I, I need to change something. I, I got to get my thinking right. You should either leave affirmed or convicted. Um, and that's why I truly appreciate uh, Pastor Tim's sermons. If you're, if you're listening to something that is not challenging you or convicting you, then it's too superficial. Okay? I listen to a lot of sermons okay, from a variety of preachers. And every single time I listen to Pastor Tim Allmeyer, I am challenged to think of Scripture in a way that I didn't think of. And I appreciate that. You should be challenged or convicted. So, you little note taker folks, are you putting yourselves in a place to be challenged or convicted? Are you listening to things that challenge you or convict you? Are you talking to people that challenge you or convict you? Are you reading books that challenge you or convict you? Okay, second sign that you might have become too comfortable with your face is that your friends and co-workers would be shocked to find out that you are a Christian. Okay? Um, and I know that sounds kind of funny, but the way that I always explain this to middle schoolers and high schoolers is I want you to do this for me, okay? So close your eyes. Okay, close your eyes. Really, close your eyes. This works, I promise. Close your eyes. And I want you to get a name in your head. Okay, And that name, it doesn't necessarily have to be a friend, just someone you know. 
If I said to put a name in your head of someone that is not ashamed of their faith, they are front and center and unapologetic about their belief in Jesus Christ. Their love for Christ shows in their love for others, and, and they are just the epitome of an ambassador for Christ. I want you to put that name in your head. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this. If I ask that same question at your school or even in your friend group or your place of work, how many people would have your name in their head? You can open your eyes. John 13, 35 tells us that by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. People that surround you should know that you are a Christian. Okay? Sign number three, you haven't had a come back to Jesus talk or a truth and love talk with a fellow Christian in a while. Okay? Um, I shared with you a few weeks ago about how um, Kara Greenwood had, had pulled me aside after one of our youth group meetings and uh, and I sat in discussion with some of the kids and she said, look, you know how we start out every apologetics discussion with you need to do this with gentleness and kindness? That's how you need to talk to people? She said, you are a little bit short and snippy. Okay, it wasn't gentle, it was, it was short. And I needed to hear that. She was right. Okay, that's why everybody needs a Kara Greenwood. Okay. She's the first person to encourage me and you know lift me up, and she's also the first person to get in my grill if I'm doing something wrong. Those are the folks you need in your life, okay? Um, and I, <laughs> this is going to sound kind of funny because I'm always, you know, the one you know pounding the the drum beat of you need to be encouraging the folks, um, you need to be lifting them up, you need to be you know all this other stuff, you need to you need to build them up. I don't need any more cheerleaders in my life. Okay, um, I'm blessed enough to have lots of folks around me, you know, telling me, "Hey, keep, you know, do you got this? Keep going." You and that, and that's a great thing. And you do need cheerleaders, but what's more rare and more precious are those folks that will tell you hard truths. When you find someone like that, hold on to them. Okay. Um, 2 Timothy tells us that all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. I want those people and I need those people in my life. And if you, if you want a really quick, like easy example of this, think about what happens um, when you start having negative thoughts. And then you get other people around you that are having the same negative thoughts. Okay? And it just spirals and it gets worse. And before you know it, it's just everything is horrible. Okay? You need that person there to keep it in check and say, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're struggling a little bit, but we have a hope. We have an eternity. We have, you know, we need someone that is there to keep it real. So, all right, so let's put some teeth on this one. Uh, when was the last time you had that kind of talk with a brother or sister in Christ? Okay. Or maybe, maybe you were the person getting the talking to, like me. If not, if you can't think of the last time, jot in your notes, okay? Who, who do I need to check in with? Who do I need to talk to? Who needs to talk to me? Okay? Because that's love, guys. You want what's best for someone, so you do that out of love. Okay, everybody hold up four fingers. 
Okay. Sign number four that you are too comfortable in your faith is that you do not give sacrificially. And the key word there is sacrificially. Do you actually feel your giving? Or is it just an excess that you don't need? And I really want to talk, and and we talked about this a little bit at Youth Group, I really want to talk to my middle schoolers and high schoolers for just a second. Because I know what's going through their head. They're like, oh, I don't have a job. Okay, so I can't give anything. Give your time. Give your time to something. Okay? There are so many opportunities to serve. Just give your time. And I always hear, well, I got a busy schedule. Great. Give your time anyway. Be tired. Okay? I've got a lot going on. I got a test. Great. Give your time anyway. Okay? There is no greater feeling than being exhausted when you are pouring yourself out in the service of God. That's a good tired. Okay? Um, this is always my favorite. Why well, don't I have a ride? I am almost positive that if you say, you know, I really, really want to serve God and help out the community, but I can't find a ride there, somebody will pick you up. I guarantee I will come and get you or somebody else will come and get you. We will get you here or get you to where you need to be. Um, Hey, that's a great chance for a plug here real quick. If you're not doing anything after the service, we're packing all the handbell stuff upstairs. So, um, yeah, so if you can hang around. Um, But no, also, uh, we have a pancake breakfast on the 12th so my youth folks on the 12th we're still needing folks to sign up for that uh if you want to help out with the pancake breakfast it's a great chance to serve and okay so i i thought about whether i should say this or not say this but i'm just gonna do it anyway um our nurse at school whenever she has to give a shot and they have to do the shots she always says you know this you might feel a little pinch when i say this if i'm talking about you you might feel a little pinch You will know that you're too comfortable in your faith if you only show up when we do the fun stuff at youth group and you don't show up when we do the work. Okay? Give sacrificially. Make time for your service. Okay, number five. Number five. Um, And this is the one where I got a big ouch. Okay? And I already know that there's people sucking in their breath when they saw that. Okay? Um... Number five sign, you're too comfortable with your Christianity. You are more engaged with your political party than you are with your faith. Over the last several months, okay, and I didn't even really notice it, but like my morning times are are my time. Like I got to roll right out of bed and and if I'm doing things right, I got to roll right out of bed and, you know, and, and get myself centered, think about God, think about the attributes of God. And usually my ride to work is like a prayer or sermon or podcast or debate on podcast or whatever else. And that, that's kind of my time. But over the last few months, I found myself like all I was doing was checking news updates and following the, the landscape of what was going on politically in the country. Okay. And then obviously that's, that's a great thing to be up on and a great thing to be involved in. But when it takes away that prime spot, reserved for God, that's an issue, okay? And, and trust me, I was there. I was, you know, way, way, way too focused in pushing everything else off to the side and, and letting it create such an anxiety in me, okay? Um, and it really, really kind of hit me on election day. Um, I actually, you know, I, my wife and I went out to eat and we had to pick out flooring because we're finally getting our house back together after we had some water damage from our hot water heater. And 
I didn't check the news. I didn't look at Twitter. I didn't do anything. And it hit me that, man, I have been just immersed in that so that I haven't been paying attention to what's going on around me. Um, and obviously, like I said, you, I have strong feelings about what's happening. Uh, I've been blessed to teach, you know, 10-year-olds about the Constitution and our founding fathers and the, the foundational thoughts that make this country great for a long time. And I obviously have strong feelings about the things going on. But I'm going to get up tomorrow. I'm going to go do my job. I'm going to glorify God. I'm going to love my family. I'm going to keep going. Okay, Philippians 4, uh, starting at 6, says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Number six, how to know you're too comfortable. Um, If I asked you right now, what area of your Christian walk are you currently working on? What's your plan? What are you doing to grow yourself, to better yourself? Okay? And you couldn't give me an answer? That's a sign you're too comfortable. And this one got me too. Because usually I'm pretty good about, you know, I I really need to do this or I need to do that. And like I said, I've been so distracted about the world, I, I was not there. You should have something that you are actively doing. Now, and, and I get that that sounds like robotic and like a homework assignment, but if you're intentionally growing your faith, you know, we call our time on nine, at 9.15 in the morning, it's intentional discipleship. We are doing this intentionally. We have a plan. We are doing this for a reason. We are doing this because we love each other and because we want to be, we want to grow and we want to be better. Like the book of Matthew says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. And if you take that like a little bit further, you, you kind of get to this. And <laughs> this is a weird analogy, but like you have someone, you know, at the gym, you have your spotter, you know, that, or your workout partner that, that, you know, that pushes you and that is there for you. And you have coaches and, and, and teachers that are there and, you know, they support you and they're your critical friend and they, they do all this good stuff. So why shouldn't you have that for your faith walk? There needs to be someone that's talking to you, someone that, that's in your ear and then, you know, they're helping you along, they're encouraging you to grow and they're there to help you when you stumble. So, that's that's a big one. You need an, and I I never did really wasn't a fan of the phrase accountability partner, um, but that it's it's kind of that's the only thing to connect it to that person that you're there with. Um, and I owe this phrase for number seven to J D McGreer. Another sign that you're too comfortable is you are a referee and not a player. Um, referees just pick out what's wrong. Players are actually doing it. <laughs> okay, so. If you are a referee in the church and not a player, if you just feel like your role is to sit back and pick apart everything that's happening, stop. <laughs> okay? Um, I am further convinced that the older that I get, there has to be some type of algorithm, some type of ratio, that the older you get, the, the percentage of how much you care about other people's nitpickery about every little thing diminishes. Because I'm kind of to a point where I'm like, you know, if you've got, if you've got a great idea for me, if you've got something, that, that, a way to improve something, I'm all ears and I can't wait to hear it. If you're just complaining because you don't like some little minute thing of the way I'm doing something, I'm busy. 
okay? Um, and I love, love, love when folks are, they're just there. This morning, uh, I was talking to Deanne in the youth group room before uh, Sunday school started, and I was, I was telling her, he's like, man, Deanne, I said, I'm just, I'm busy. I'm, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm not keeping up and I'm kind of letting stuff drop off and everything else like that. And I told her uh, about a thing of issue I was having about contacting people. Okay. And I know this sounds silly and it sounds little. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll take, I'll take care of that. I, you know, I can get a hold of some folks. It seems little, but she didn't have to do that. She could have just sat there and said, man, he is an unorganized mess. Okay. But she didn't because she's playing the game and not just being a referee. Okay. She's helping out. She's doing the work. Um, the eighth sign that you're too comfortable is you talk like an atheist, <laughs> meaning that the praise of God is not on your lips and you do not seek opportunities to share about God or speak about his miracles. Now, I want you to notice what that's not. That doesn't say that you just uh, abstain from foul language or gossip or whatever else. You are not actively, intentionally taking the initiative to inject God into a conversation. If you understand scripture and you understand that book and you realize what you were at one point and what you are now, thanks to the blood of Jesus Christ, you will not be able to shut up. You will always be looking for ways to, to get God in the conversation. Um, in the third chapter of James, it says, we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great posts. Back to the instinct of that first servant at once. First thing out of your mouth. Praise God. That should be on the tip of your tongue in every conversation. Okay, so make it real in your notes. When was the last time you intentionally brought up God in a conversation? Uh, and when was the last time you intentionally brought up God in a conversation with an unbeliever? Okay, so finally, the ninth and final sign that you're too comfortable is that you compromise about God. And that can go two ways. Either you compromise your morals because of what you want, like either you, you know, it's kind of like back in the garden. Now, surely God didn't say you couldn't do that. You know, you, you kind of get in this, well, you know, surely that's not what scripture means. Why, why wouldn't I be able to do that? Okay, that's compromise. Okay, but, but the second one is sneakier. That's the compromise where, where you limit God. God is the creator. Okay, God can do anything. And when you just kind of get into this mindset of like, oh, you know, God wouldn't do that. God couldn't do that for me. And it sneaks up on you because you get defeated and, and you just get deflated. Okay. Uh, I once had a, a really super sweet old lady. This was over 20 years ago um, in a Bible study uh, on a Sunday morning. And she was trying to explain away the story, the miracle of the loaves and fishes. And she said, um, well, you know, what, what if people just had all the, the bread back and the fish back and they didn't offer it up at first and then they did? And I was like, I was like do, you, do you think that God created everything? And she's like, well, yes, of course. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. You think God created everything, but then you doubt his ability to whip up some fish and some bread? Do not put God on a leash. 
God can do anything he wants to do, and he can do it for you. Okay? Um, all right. So let's wrap this up, and let's take it back to our servants. Okay? God has given you gifts, whether you realize it or not, whether you believe they're exceptional or not, and you are called to go at once to share your gifts and to grow your gifts. Do not bury your talent out of fear, but invest your gifts in the lives of others to bring glory to God. Let's pray. Um, Father, as, as, um, as we go throughout this week, as we, as we go throughout this day, and as we have conversations on, on the ride home, help us to look at ourselves. Help us to find um, areas where, we, where we've just gotten comfortable. Uh, and help us to reignite that passion that we had for you when we first understood, when we first realized. Keep that fire in us. Help us to stay focused on you. Do not allow us to bury our talents. But help us to go out once and give us this gift that you've given us. Give it, help us to take all the gifts that you give us and share them and spread them and grow them for your kingdom. Because you are worthy. You are worthy. It's in Jesus' name we pray and all God's children said, Amen. Um, all right. God is good, and all the time. Go in peace.